Oh, God bless you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Good evening. Jesus. God, we thank you tonight, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to give everybody a few minutes to come on in. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Okay, we're not sure what's going on here. Thank you, Lord. Can we just worship the Lord as we're coming in? God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Dearest Father, closest friend, how beautiful, how beautiful. Isn't his presence beautiful? Hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Worship for a few minutes before we get into the word on tonight. Oh God, thank you, Jesus. We give you worship tonight, Jesus. Our hearts will sing to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can you just sing to him tonight? Sometimes we just run out of words. Sometimes there's just nothing left for us to say to describe his goodness, to describe his greatness, his mercy, his love and kindness toward us. Hallelujah. God, we give you praise tonight. We give you glory. We magnify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, we honor your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, oh God, thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory, Jesus. We magnify your name, God. Hallelujah. Can you worship him where you are? Can you give him glory wherever you are? Hallelujah. If you're in your house, 
Hallelujah. If you're sitting out in the yard, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you happen to have to be at work because you are an essential employee, we want you to worship with us on tonight. Father, we give you praise, oh God. God, hallelujah, Jesus. Most beautiful. Yes, you are, Jesus. Oh, God, and we exalt your name tonight, God. We magnify you, oh, God. We give you glory. We give you honor. We magnify you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, God, we ask you tonight, God, even as we come into your presence, Father, in Jesus' name, wherever people are watching from, wherever they are listening from, God, we ask you tonight that you would have your way in our midst tonight, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us, that you would, Lord God, stir our hearts tonight. Let something be said that ministers to us where we are. We give you glory. We give you honor. We magnify you. We say, have your way tonight over the airwaves. Have your way in the name of Jesus. He'll deliver set free save for your glory. There is still power in the name of Jesus. And so God, we give you honor and thanksgiving on tonight. And we thank you for having your way. We thank you for meeting us where we are tonight. Oh God, in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. The Lord is good. We want to welcome everybody on tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Tonight, we are streaming live on our Facebook page. Hallelujah. So we want to welcome everybody that is on our Facebook page on tonight. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Everybody that is on, amen, in the Prophets Teaching Group on tonight, thank God for you that are watching there. Those that are listening by way of our podcast on Spreaker, um, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, we want to thank God for you. And we bless the Lord tonight. Hallelujah that we are able, amen, to have this live stream going directly to our Roku channel on tonight. So those of you who have Roku, we want to invite you to, amen, add our channel to your Roku. Amen. Just look up um, uh, the Oasis television network and download our app so that you can watch amen content amen we have two channels that are up and live amen we have the prayer stream which is streaming prayer 24 hours a day seven days a week amen on the prayer stream amen and then we also have the sound of oasis hallelujah amen and there you'll hear preaching and teaching and the word of the lord being you know going forth in jesus name and so if you have a ministry and you want to get the gospel gospel out because listen to me we're not gonna always have access to this facebook or to instagram or whatever it is and we don't want people controlling the content that we have we want to be able to preach the gospel without anybody else amen messing with our stuff messing with the algorithms worried about who can watch it and who can't watch it so if that's you and you want to be able to reach other nations, amen, with the gospel of Jesus Christ and other people while they're at home, amen, contact me, amen, so that we can talk about that, amen, hallelujah, amen, it doesn't make any sense for us to sit at home and do nothing, we got to reach souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God is not bound, hallelujah, so we want to thank God again for everybody that is with us on tonight, amen, we just bless the Lord, we honor the Lord for Apostle Ken Cox, amen, and Prophetess Cox, amen, and for those that are in the Prophets Teaching Group, thank God for Apostle Cox, amen, giving us the opportunity to share the word, amen, with uh, his platform, amen, on tonight, and so we thank God for him, amen, bless the Lord for everybody, let's get into the word of God, we've already prayed, we've worshiped, amen, a little bit, amen, and there's still a little bit of worship going on in the background, amen, but I want to get to this word, and last week we started talking about 
amen, redefining ministry because the climate that we are in and the things that we are dealing with right now calls for us to have to assess where we are and what we are doing to see whether or not what we're doing, amen, is viable, if it is what God has ordained for us, if it is biblical, come on here, somebody, amen. And, and a lot of times we don't find ourselves checking ourselves because we are the church. We feel like, well, I'm doing what God wants me to do. So of course what I'm doing is biblical. But a lot of times things that we get involved in and things that we find ourselves doing are not necessarily biblical. And so we want to make sure that what we are doing lines up with scripture. And tonight, you know what I'm saying? I might come for your, your sacred cow, your golden goose or your little red wagon. So I want you to be prepared for that, especially those of us who are title carriers. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And we all, most of us have titles. Amen. But we, we like to talk about certain things in theory, but not necessarily that we actually walk these things out. And, and I'm so grateful to the Lord that we have, um, you know, I'm not grateful for all of the, 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 the pain that people have had to suffer. But I'm thankful that we can look at what we've been experiencing and that we can take this pain, amen, and translate this pain, amen, into a powerful experience for the glory of God and that God can use our pain and he can use, amen, every circumstance and every situation that we find ourselves in. And so um, I want us to take the time, get your Bibles. We want this word to minister to you, amen. Hallelujah. We want to be able to um, define what Christian ministry really, really is. Praise the Lord. And so this teaching tonight is made for you and means for you to be able to open your mind and open your heart. And oh, my God, please open your Bible. We want you to open your Bible tonight. If you haven't opened your Bibles in a minute, I need you to open your Bible. Amen. We want to go to the word of God tonight. And so I want you to ask yourself a question as we are getting, you know, going into and um, uh, embarking on this part of the study. What is your definition of what ministry is? What is ministry? You know what I'm saying? A lot of us have a lot of different definitions um, about what ministry is. Sometimes you might feel that ministry is, you know, uh, somebody standing behind a pulpit, somebody wearing a robe, somebody wearing a collar, um, somebody who uh, travels and preaches. It's for somebody else. Or you might say that ministry is uh, um, you know, the person who preaching or there's, there's the, those who are clergy and those who are laity. I'm coming for your sacred cows tonight. There's no such thing. Hallelujah. In the scripture, God does not make any differentiation between clergy and laity. That is the teaching of the Nicolaitans. And we're not going to talk about the Nicolaitans tonight, but amen. I need for us to really get to the bottom of it. Cause I believe that all the things that we are experiencing, amen, is for us to be able to to start reassessing whether or not we're doing what God wants us to do. When's the last time you asked yourself that question? Am I doing what God wants me to do or am I just doing what I want to do? Am I just following, uh, you know what I'm saying, um, what I learned where I came from? Hallelujah. Amen. And so um, we want to be able to define what uh, ministry is. Last week, we hit on the fact that those of us that are called to ministry are really just errand boys. You are God's errand boy. You are God's errand girl. Amen. And we're going to solidify those things uh, on tonight. We're going to go through that some more. 
um, on tonight. Hallelujah. All right. And so why, you know, I think it's important that we understand that we need to uh, study what ministry is. We need to be able to study it. The Bible tells us study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now we're good about reading people's books and we're good about, you know, following what we see other people do, but we've got to get to the point that we study the word. And so we need to learn how to study what ministry is and study it from a biblical perspective, not reading somebody else's book, not reading what somebody else, you know, wrote a little, you know, teaching on, but understanding what does the Bible say ministry is and how did Jesus define what ministry is and what did the disciples do that classified it as ministry, these are the things that we have to begin, you know what I'm saying, to look at ourselves. So, um, you know what I'm saying, most of the people who are doing ministry today, most people haven't taken the time to study what it is. We tend to just follow, you know what I'm saying, where we've come from, things that we've seen, things that we've experienced. And it's not necessarily something that we know because this is what God showed me. This is what I see in the scripture. And so therefore, this is what I want to do. Um, one of the other things that we need to understand is in order for us to understand what ministry is, we need to understand and study what the apostles taught. Isn't the scripture, doesn't the scripture tell us that we was, we are supposed to continue in the apostles doctrine. And so um, there are a lot of times that we teach on a lot of things, but we need to learn how to expound on, uh, on the apostle on apostolic ministry, on fivefold ministry, understanding what fivefold ministry is, because we have allowed too many things to define for us what God is telling us to do. So let's get to the scripture, all right? Um, and the reason why we need to understand this as you're getting your Bible, we're going to go to Mark chapter 10. Get your Bible, Mark chapter 10. The reason why we need to understand apostolic ministry, the ministry of fivefold, because you need to understand that in the scripture, you know what I'm saying, in the New Testament, the word apostle is mentioned 78 times, but the word pastor is only mentioned once. Y'all not ready tonight. Y'all not ready. So what does this mean? It means that God is trying to convey something to us as his people. Not that everybody is a, a, an apostle, but that there is a, that apostolic ministry is key to the furtherance of the gospel and to, and to, uh, uh, the, the work of the ministry being done in the way that it needs to be done. So let me stop for a second. Those of you that are watching right now, if you know somebody that started ministry, that's desirous of ministry, that is in ministry, can you do me a favor? Can you just tag them? Can you share this? And can you like this broadcast? Because I believe that we're going to say some things on tonight that's going to open some people's eyes. And for some of you, you might feel like, well, this is basic. But I know for a fact that we're coming for sacred cows. We're going to come for some sacred cows tonight and the religious structure of our churches. And I'm going to tell you why this has been on, on a, a burden on my heart because I've been praying and really just asking God would help us to be able to do the things that we need to do. Help us to follow what it is that you want us to do. Help us to be obedient. What is it that we're not doing that does not bring you glory? What is it that we are doing that does not look like what you left in the earth when you were here? What is it that we're doing that does not look like what you left for the apostles to do and that was delivered to us. What is it that doesn't look like the faith that was once delivered to the saints? We got to start looking at ourselves. And what I found is, as, and you can do the same thing, peruse your Facebook 
your Facebook uh, uh, timeline, your Instagram timeline. Everybody is, is doing two things, two things. And I understand the severity of the hour. And, and when we understand the severity of the hour, it causes us to move with urgency. It causes us to shift and change. Amen. And the Lord spoke to us a couple of weeks ago about us having to pivot prophetically. Amen. Which means we need to turn. We have to make some turns. We got to make some changes. Amen. And what we have been doing, because what we have been doing is not necessarily God. And it's not, some stuff is not necessarily bad, but it ain't God. It's not what he gave to his church. It's not what he left for his people. Hallelujah. And so what we need to do is be able to look at ourselves and say, okay, God, what is it that I need to shift? What is it that I need to change? What is it that needs to drop off of me? Because this is not what you left for your church. Amen. And so as I was perusing for the past couple of weeks, watching, you know, a church that is repentant has a certain mentality a church that is repentant amen has a certain sound she she's she's has a certain proclamation that comes out of her mouth and what i'm seeing is not i mean i'm seeing a segment of the church a remnant of the church that is really pressing in that is really trying to get a hold of god that is really trying to seek god for what he desires for his body in such you know for such a time as this but then there's a segment of the church that I want to call the pseudo church that I want to call a man, hallelujah, church world, but not necessarily the body of Christ. It's the worldly church. Amen. That is still just trying to do the same old thing, the same old way. You're just doing it online. You're just doing it online. You know what I'm saying? We still want to have all of our services. We still want everything to be the same way that it is. We don't want to change what God, amen, is dealing with our hearts about. We crying over those who died and my heart breaks about those who passed away. And believe me, I'm not making light of anybody who's lost their life, anybody who is ill. That stuff hits home. It hits home very closely. Amen. And, and, and just like some of you, I feel the same way. I'm hurt over it. And I'm broken over it. But if your brokenness does not make you change, then really what you have is emotionalism. You ain't really broken. Can I say it again? You're not really broken. You just being emotional. You, true repentance brings change. True repentance is going to make you shift and pivot from where you are to do what God is requiring. It's going to make you say, I don't care if nobody else understands. I got to do what God wants me to do. Hello, saints. Hello, this is where we got to get into. And even as leaders, hello, can I talk to the leaders? Even if you have a church, you are an apostle, you are a bishop, you are a pastor, you are an overseer, whatever you might be, evangelist, whatever. In your position, you as a model to the people of God have a responsibility to show them what true repentance looks like. Not just, we're going to keep going, we coming out of this. And it's great to talk you know, with faith and optimism, I get it. But if you miss your moment of getting in sackcloth and ashes, if you miss the moment that God has called us to repent and turn from our wicked ways, if you miss that moment, then guess what? What you have is not authentic. What you have is religion and not a relationship with God. What you have is not true ministry. And that's why we have to deal with this. This is why we have to uncover what is real ministry and what's not real ministry. Because for many of us, ministry, for some of us, is offerings, 
It's just us traveling. It's us having 900 flyers. It's having people follow us. I want to come for your, your red wagon. You know what I'm saying? And all of this lording over people. If you really did it the Bible way, if you did it the Bible way, listen to me. And you let people choose whether or not they're going to really follow Jesus. Some of you wouldn't have churches today. Woo! Some of you wouldn't be pastors. You wouldn't be evangelists. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have no, you wouldn't have no ministry. You wouldn't have no ministry at all. You know why? You know why? Because we've learned the world's way. We've learned the church world's way of doing things. And because of that, we've missed God. Because of that, right now, many of you who are at home or, or you are leaders and you have people from your church that or your ministry that are not, at, that are, excuse me, because you can't meet together. Some of them done fell off already. And you know what? Let fall off. Did I say that? Yes, I did. I ain't sorry. Let them fall off. Because anybody who is doing what they're doing, just because they want to say, I'm a part of so-and-so, they're not here for Jesus in the first place. Baby, that ain't ministry. That's not, that's not a real walk with God. That's not relationship with Jesus. And if we did what we were supposed to do as leaders in the first place, we wouldn't worry about whether or not people are going to show up for an internet service. Come on here, somebody. And because people don't have any relationship with God and they don't have a foundation in Jesus, what happens is now that you can't show up at the church house, it shows us that you was just a part of a building, but not a part of the body. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Right there. Somebody should have said amen. It shows that you was a part of the building, but not a part of the body. And we have got to get to the place where we are. We are making disciples of men, disciples, disciples. Amen. If you can't hear, you got to turn your uh, device up because my audio is turned all the way up. I'll make sure. Yes. Audio's turned all the way up. Check your audio. Okay. Amen. So we want people who are part of the body. We want to birth Amen. Disciples. Jesus said, go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing all men in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Those who, amen, repent shall be saved. And those who do not, they shall be damned. We're not ready to preach like that because we want to fill our churches. And now that you can't fill your pews because we're going to lock down. <laughs> Woo. And I know this ain't popular. And guess what? Not sorry. Not sorry, because there is a people that wants to hear what God has to say. There's a people that wants to follow and obey God. Amen. Hallelujah. And wants to be disciples of Jesus. All right. So let's go to the word. All right. Let's study what ministry is not so we can talk about what ministry is. Can we do that? Amen. All right. So let's look at Mark chapter 10 and we want to look at verses 42 and 43. Okay. Hallelujah. Amen. And the word says, but Jesus called to them, called them to him and said, and saith unto them, you know that they, which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles, exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority on them, upon them. But so shall it not be among you. Wait a minute. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. Y'all don't want this. This is not what you want. Y'all not ready for this right here. Why? Because this is going to challenge your church. Your church teaches. 
Amen. What has been passed down from one person to the other. Jesus said, you already know that those that are counted to rule over the Gentiles, this is how the ungodly rule. And they exercise lordship over them and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. So shall it not be among you. There are hierarchies in the world. I'm sorry, I got to come for it. There are hierarchies in the world. I'm not telling you that you, you your ministry, church, whatever, has to be absent of protocol. That's not what I'm saying. Protocols should be in place. Hallelujah. But I'm saying to you, amen, anything that you got to lord over, anything that you got to control, anything that you got to wring it by its neck to make it do what you want it to do, guess what? That's not God. That's not ministry. That's not ministry. I got to beg you if you go come to church. I got to tell you what you're supposed to do with your time, your offering, your whatever, your offering or whatever. I got to tell you what, listen to me, that's not my job. Pastor, that's not your job. Apostle, bishop, overseer, that's not your job. You know what your job is? Your job is to preach the gospel. Your, your job is to bring them the word. If they show up, let them show up. If they don't show up, that's between them and God. Jesus chased nobody. I'm going to let that rest. Jesus chased nobody. Our churches, we big on follow-up ministry. Because if we reach out to them, and then we got, you know, and I know, and I studied this when I went to Bible school, the law of three touches. You know what I'm saying? You got to touch people three times. You know what I'm saying? Before they join your church and da-da-da. Can I tell you that's a bunch of malarkey? Anybody that wants God. <laughs> Anybody that wants God, when they hear the word, when I got saved, nobody had to tell me what I needed to do because the word of God got a hold of me. And because God's word got a hold of me, hallelujah, it caused me to respond. And what has happened to us is that we followed all these systems and we followed all these things that everybody else was telling us that we need to do. And we want church growth strategies and we want to follow how they told us to do. Baby, let me ask you how your church growth strategy is going now that you can't gather. I'll wait. Now they're sending out all kinds of advertisements of people trying to tell you how to get people to engage while you're online. Listen to me, Linda. They know what time your service is. You already sent out the memo. You already told them, you know what I'm saying, what time service is. If they want God, they're going to pray while they're at home, and they're going to get on that stream and catch that word. Hello. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is not popular. You know why? Because we want to be controlled. You know what I'm saying? Look at us in our houses, waiting for the government to tell us what's next. Did you go ask God what's next? Did you go Did you go seek the Father and ask him, Lord, what is next? What do you want me to do, God? Come on. I'm not talking about, you know what I'm saying, doing things against your safety. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, did we go to God and ask him what's next? Let me get back to the text. So isn't it like Jesus to just come and just bust up everything? You know what I'm saying? All our ideas, all our little plans, all our things that we were setting ourselves up for. So let's look at these verses and let's look real good at these verses. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So it says that what we're seeing in this verse is that ministry is not authority over other people. <laughs> 
You're not ready. That's not what you want. Because you want to be able to rule over folks. You want to be able to say, this is my spiritual son. This is my spiritual child. When I tell you to do something, you ought to do it. Really? Mm. Okay. I understand. I'm from that school too and had to unlearn. When you love God, listen to me. And you understand that everything I do, I do it as unto the Lord. And when you teach people that everything that they do, they do it as unto the Lord. Listen, if they want to obey God, they're going to obey what God, what instructions God give you to share with them. You can't make nobody do nothing. Don't they even say in the world, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Why are you trying to break the horse's neck and bend his head down to get into the pool? He don't want it. He don't want it. And if he don't want it, let him go on by his business till he get thirsty. And when he get thirsty, he'll show up, amen, and go find a lake somewhere. Find an oasis somewhere where they can get a drink somewhere. But until then, feed the hungry. Come on. Hallelujah. Give drink to those who are thirsty. Worry about those, amen, that really want God. So Jesus said it plain. You know what I'm saying? That new Covenant ministry, New Testament ministry, amen, is not about authority or power over other people or ruling over, over other people, ruling over believers. Come on, amen, hallelujah. Ministry is service to others and specifically, okay, not authority over people that are in the church. Ministry is about serving. And if you want to be the big the big wig, that the, the 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 big shot, then get your apron and get ready to serve. Come on here, somebody. We go around and we talked about this last week. We tell folks, oh, if you want to serve, if you want a title, you need to go clean the bathroom. Well, I want the apostle to get the, the broom and go sweep. Come on here. Go get the vacuum cleaner. Go get you some Windex and clean some windows because that's your job. Because if you want to lead, the way you lead is by serving. And we've got to get rid of all this mentality that people are here to serve us. Nobody's here to serve you. Pastor, apostle, bishop, overseer, evangelist, whoever, nobody's here to serve you. God put you in position for you to be the chief servant. So Jesus came and busted up their their party, okay? A minister is a servant. And if you're going to have the ministry, the kind of ministry that looks like Bible ministry, that looks like what Jesus left in the earth, if you're going to have that, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to take off your collar and put on your apron. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to have to put your title down. Listen to me. I'm not going to fall out somebody call me by my first name. You know why? Because it's on my birth certificate. It's on my birth certificate. And I, I've come to terms with this right here. If you don't respect God, you ain't going to respect nobody. So I don't have to tout who I am or who I think I am. And anytime you got to try to remind people who you are, then you don't have the right definition of what ministry is. If your title is more important than the work that you do, come on here, somebody, hallelujah, and the service that you give, hallelujah, then guess what? What you're bringing is not really from God. Y'all don't want that kind of teaching. You want, you, we want to have, we want to, we want to still have our, our big time church while we, while we unlocking. No, no, no. Why aren't these big leaders bringing everybody to prayer? 
I saw one, I saw one leader put up something and she's talking about something about all these vibrations. And I asked, you put it out there. So I'm asking, excuse me, ma'am. Are you teaching new age theories? Are you teaching new age philosophy to those that are following you? I need, and I never got an answer. Guess what? Unfollow because you are ungodly. We in a time where we need to turn God's people back to God and you talking about vibrations. Get up off that vibration and get yourself on your face. We need to confront these lying preachers. Oh, we don't want to do that. Oh my God. Now you being, you being confrontational. Absolutely. The gospel is confrontational. Did you not know that? Did you not know that the gospel is confrontational? Did you not know? This why they want to push Jesus off the cliff? <laughs> I'm not telling you to walk up to folks and call them devils and whatnot. But when people clearly reject the truth of God's word and we want to call it ministry, we got to have a problem with that. You ought to have a problem with that. Don't you see we in the midst of a plague and you still not crying out to God? You still not turning aside? And then what you want, you want to say that you're having a prayer service, but your prayer is really an ask for more money. Your prayer is your, your prayer service that you having is really just to say, child, we had dust and so and so and dust on our broadcast. Don't nobody care who's being delivered, whose heart's being turned back to God, who's being challenged. To get back to what God has called them to do. So put down your collar and pick up your apron. Can you do that? Are you ready to be a real servant? Let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get back. And hear me when I'm saying this to you. I'm saying this to you in love. I'm passionate about it. But I'm saying this to you in love. And I don't, I'm not trying to be self-righteous because I go to God every day, all day. And I'm asking him, get everything out of me that's not like you. Any attitude that's not like you. Any thought process that's not like you. Any behavior that is ungodly. Anything, Lord, that don't look like you, I don't want it. Because I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to do what he called me to do. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful that he spared my life. He spared my life one more day. God, we thank you. You don't have to burn my body field. I just want to be obedient. I just want to do what you say do. I want to follow what you said. And once upon a time, I was a part of ministry and doing ministry like we see everybody else doing it. Lording over people, trying to control them, trying to make them do what they said they're going to do. Let me tell you something. I leave the door open. You make the choice because guess what? When you stand before the Lord, you're going to have to give an account to God for you. And so we got to get pastors, apostles, leaders. If you want to be the kind of leader that God wants you to be, if you want to see people grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord, disciple them. Teach them to have a relationship with Jesus. So when it's time for service, you ain't got to break their neck. Because if they don't want God, if they didn't want God before this, probably they still don't want him. How do you know? Because they ain't showed up yet. They ain't showed up yet. Distracted by nonsense. Still trying to build something wonderful for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And not looking at the big picture. Not looking at who you have the capacity to reach right now. Are you reaching anybody? Are you turning anybody to Jesus? Are you, are you causing others to repent? Are you challenging their theology and what they think and what they say? Come on here now. 
And I'm not against us having other people come on and be on with us. That's not what I'm saying. Don't don't take it to the don't take it to the head. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we should be broken. And we should ask God, what are we doing? What do you want us to do? And do I look like what you want me to be? God, help us to be what you want us to be. That has to be our cry. That has to be our desire. All right. So ministry is not is not lording over people, but it's serving other serving other people. A minister is a servant. OK, let's look again at this word. We looked at this word last week. Let's look at it again. The word uh, minister, amen, comes from the Greek word diakonos. OK, and it's probably an obsolete, obsolete form of diaco, which means to run an errand. Or run on errands. One who executes the command of another, especially a master, a servant, an attendant, or a minister. Hallelujah. Okay, so you could probably say to yourself, well, Mark, but we see right here in Mark, that's just one area of scripture. I'm with you. And you think I'm just pulling something out of context. I got you. Let's look at this for a minute. Okay, you might think there's well, ain't there another place in, in the scripture that we can look and see what that what that's about? Okay, all right, okay. Get you some Bible software. Get you 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 got you got you got your computer, you got you got um you can look at all of these different types of Bible software software, okay, and I want you to look up every word. That's your homework. Look up every incidence in the New Testament where the word minister or ministry has been used. And I want you to take the time to study it. Don't take my word for it. Time out for sitting down listening to people preach to you and you don't go check it. Hello? That's discipleship. Go check it for yourself. Go double check and make sure that what I'm saying to you is of a truth. And here's the thing. And this is what people are worried about, that it's going to be a mass exodus from the church building. Sweetheart, it's already happened. It's already happened. Because you can't go, you're not going to be able to go back to the same old, same old after this. So you might as well prepare for real ministry. Can you do that? Prepare for real ministry to raise up people the way God intended in the first place. Okay, let's let's continue. <laughs> all right, so look up the word. Study all of them. Okay, all of those words that you're going to see are not referring to just Christian ministry. So if you go to Romans chapter 13, right, you're going to see in Romans chapter 13, 13 verse 4, Romans chapter 13 verse 4, right? It says, for he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, excuse me, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. That's Romans chapter 13, but four. But read the context. Can you do that? Read the context. Okay. So this area of scripture is speaking about worldly leadership and government. Word, now, let's make the differentiation. Worldly leadership and government. Just like Jesus said. Okay. The kings and the Gentiles are worldly leadership. Did we not make mention of that in Mark chapter 10? Yes, we did. The Gentiles, right? Absolutely. So they we read in the scripture that it says, that what do they do? They exercise authority over one another. 
So we as believers, we cooperate with the worldly authority as much as we can, unless it contradicts God's word. We understand that. All right. Okay. So let's go look at Matthew real quick. Matthew. Let's look at Matthew chapter 20 verses 25 through 28. Matthew 20, and we're running out of time. Matthew 25 verses, verse, excuse me, Matthew 20 verses 25 through 28. Okay, so while you're doing that study, okay, Jesus made the same statement. He made the same statement that we're talking about. He, he made it twice in the gospels. Okay, let's look at Matthew 20. It says, but Jesus called them unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles, now this is the same thing Jesus said in Mark chapter 10. We've seen it again in Matthew chapter 20. Okay. You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them and, and they that are great exercise authority upon them, but it shall not be so among you, but whosoever is great among you, let him be your minister. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the son of man came not to minister unto, but to minister, to be ministered unto, excuse me, but to minister and to give his life, give his life a ransom for many. Okay. And you'll find the same verse, same thing being said in the book of Luke. When you go to Luke 22 verses 25 through 27. Okay, so if you go back and you look at that verse in Luke 22, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, some people try to say, well, that's exercising authority. And let me read it real quick. Let me read it real quick. Well, it says the same thing. So let's let's read it though. Luke 22, verse 25 through 27. And, and he said unto them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger and he that is chief. Y'all ain't ready. Let him be as he that does serve for whether is greater. You answer the question, whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth is not he that sitteth at meat. But I am among you as he that is that serveth. Jesus gave them the a paradox and he's saying to them now. Who's greater? You you do the deduction. Who's greater? The one sitting at the table or the one who's waiting on the table? And so he said, I'm sure you would say to yourself that the one sitting at the table is the greatest. And he said, hold on. Look at this. I'm coming to you as a servant, as he that serves the table. Okay? So um, I understand that, you know, uh, somebody got to be in charge. Somebody got to run this boat. I get it. I understand that. But we have to be able to understand what God means when he's telling us about leading. Leading is about setting an example out in front and serving in such a way that you show people what to do, not break their neck and make them do it. Hello? Not rebuke them because... They're not doing what you want them to do. I'm not telling you that rebuke is not a part of being a part of the body. Yes, it is. But can we balance this? Can we balance to this and stop thinking that you're supposed to have control over people's personal lives? Hello? No, you're not. These people need to have a personal life. You need to have things that are going on in your life that I know absolutely nothing about because it ain't my business. Can I say it again? You need to have things that go on in your life that's none of my business. Why? Because you have a life. 
Come on. Hallelujah. All of this manipulation that we use, God speaks to me. God is going to tell me what you're doing in secret. That ain't your business. Unless it's something that God wants you to know. That's lording over people. We need deliverance, saints. The leaders need deliverance. Like people, like priests. The people not delivered because the priests not delivered. The leaders are not delivered. And when you get out and the, and the people get into position, they become taskmasters and tyrants, just like the taskmasters and the tyrants that they serve. Help us today, Jesus. I thank God for deliverance. And I tell you, I, I said it already. I came from this school. I did that stuff. I had to ask God to deliver me. I had to study the scripture for myself. Does not the Bible say search the scriptures? For in them you think you have eternal life. They are they that are written of me. You don't want to really search the scripture because you might have to dismantle all of your church, uh, what you call them, the, the, your bylaws and how you run your church because you'll find out that it's not biblical. Yes, accountability. Absolutely. All for it. But you got to let people choose. You got to let people choose. And this is the hour where you have to let people choose whether they want to follow Jesus. You got to let you got to preach the word and let them choose whether they're going to follow. It's not your responsibility to be on the phone calling them. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you can check on them. It's relationship. I get it. But let's balance it. You're not, you're not telling them where, where to spend their money. You're not, you're not telling them, you know what I'm saying, um, and controlling every aspect of their life, all in their business, in, in, their, in their house. Tell them how to raise their kids. If they don't ask you for advice, shut up. Y'all not ready. <laughs> You're not ready. Okay? This is reality. You didn't see Jesus walking up in people's houses, taking authority over their houses. The key to Jesus operating, amen, and doing miracles is that he had to be welcome. Oh, glory to God about Shonda. We got to tell the truth and shame the devil. Okay? Hallelujah. So we understand that somebody got to be in charge. Guess who's in charge? Jesus. And listen to me, if you get this right, if you get this word minister right, it's going to trickle over into every area of your life. If you learn to serve right, nobody has to tell you what time to be the church. Nobody got to tell you to get on the stream. Nobody got to tell you you should be sowing into the ministry. Nobody has to tell you any of that because you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. And because you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you want to do what pleases your father. You want to obey God. You understand that everything you do, you do it as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I got somebody on here that was with us when we first started ministry. And she'll tell you, I was a taskmaster. Tell them, Mother Campbell. I was rough. I'm still rough to a degree. Asking God to help me. But listen to me. I learned how to let people live for Jesus. Teach them. And let God deal with their hearts. I followed the wrong pattern. I followed something else that was not, that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Thinking that that was ministry. Oh, how I thank you for deliverance. Do you know how freeing it is when you can just let people choose? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know how freeing it is 
when you can just show people what the Bible says and let them choose to follow? Does not the Bible say, choose you this day whom you will serve? And a lot of times because of our upbringing, where we come from, things we've been through, it makes us tyrannical. You know what I'm saying? And control freaks. Come on here, somebody. Because, because we've been hurt or because we were afraid of losing things or because people, amen, hallelujah, we lost people in our life. We would try to hold on to folks tight. Listen, let God do what he want to do. Let people choose. Let them choose whether they want to follow Jesus or if they want to follow their own heart, whether or not they want to obey God. Come on here, somebody. Pastor, apostle, bishop, let them choose. Overseer, let them choose. You who don't have no title, let them choose. It's not your responsibility. You not the overlord. How, how you going to try to be the overlord? How you, how you going to try to control folks and bring them into the church? That's not your job. That's not your job. That's not your job. Because somebody type that in it. That's not your job. <laughs> okay. So let's ask ourselves the question. Are we following the system that somebody else gave us? Or are we following New Testament dynamics for ministry? Are we following what the Bible shows us and teaches us are we following a format of authority that's been handed down by oh my god tradition oh my god tradition jesus are we following tradition or are we following the new testament way that god has ordained for us if we understand that the church is a living, breathing organism. Thank God we can't go to the building, some of us, right now. You know why? Because now this gives us another way of expression. This shows us, amen, that we've got to be on our faces before God and have a relationship for ourselves. You got to know Jesus. And I want to say that to you. If you do not know Jesus today, if you are still sitting on the sidelines doing the same old same old trying to wrangle people in who are not showing up let me tell you something free yourself today put them in the hands of jesus did not jesus say he said those that you have given to me i didn't lose one <laughs> listen and judas judas was a devil that's what the bible said it said one of them is a devil come on Judas was the devil. He said, those that you have given to me, I didn't lose, not one. You know what? If they left and they backslid, you didn't lose them. You got to understand the scripture. Come on. Come on. Some folks ain't really saved. Some folks have not had a salvation experience. Some people said some words. But they didn't get saved. They did not experience regeneration. Holy Spirit did not come in. You know what I'm saying? Come on. You got to come to terms with that. It's time to make disciples. It's time to teach people what it means to follow Jesus. And listen to me. When you get this yoke off your neck, you're going to be able to do what God wants you to do. Come on. Do you know how freeing it is? And this is what I was talking about, about teaching that apostolic ministry. Do you know how freeing it is when you teach people their identity in Jesus? When you teach them a New Testament pattern and you tell them what the Bible says?
says about what they should be doing. Hallelujah for the Lord. Do you know how vibrant the house will be? Do you know that there will be nobody who leaves from out of a gathering of believers? Hallelujah. And without their needs met because every joint is supplying like Ephesians 4 says. When we do real ministry, real ministry, when we do real ministry, hallelujah. So I need you to look at, I want you to look at that every believer has been given, amen, a God has given, God given, biblical right to lead. And they've been given, it's been given to them through Jesus Christ. Can I say it again? Every believer, this is going to bust up your church. Every believer has a God given right and has a biblical, biblically based right to lead. Who gave it to them? Jesus. Our responsibility is to make sure they're equipped so that they, when they get out there, they don't shipwreck. So that when they get out there, they don't teach false doctrine. Don't try to put your foot on their neck. Give them the tools that they need so that when they get out there, they can make disciples of men like Jesus commanded us to do. Instead, you just want to try to keep them up under you so that they can't do nothing. I need you to be right here. No, no, no. Teach them and release them. That's why we need this teaching on fivefold ministry. Sidebar, sidebar. Can I leave this with you before we get ready to close because we're running out of time? Hallelujah, because this broadcast is only for an hour. Sidebar. If you are an apostle and you are releasing nobody, you're not an apostle. You might be a pastor, you might be a prophet, you might be an evangelist, but if you got this name tag on you and you're not rolling in that thing, come on here, somebody. When I go buy a car, this car has a specific function. Cars have a specific function. Aside from all of the gadgets and gadgets that they put in the car, the main function of the car is to drive. And if that bad boy don't drive, she ain't no car. Hello. So you need to ask yourself, am I really what I am calling myself? Because if I don't have the fruit to back it up, I'm not her. I'm not him. And so we want to talk about real ministry. That means that you got to come to terms with what you're calling yourself, what you've allowed other people to call you, and you're not doing it. You're a prophet, but you ain't never got a word. You might not be a prophet. Go find something else. Look at, look at, look at whatever else it might be that go ask God who you are. I'm not saying you can't do something, but can we find what you are so that you can get in that place and, and be your best? Come on here, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there. Hallelujah. I want to remind you once again, ministry is not authority over others. Ministry is serving. Ministry is serving. Let he that is among you that is the greatest, let him be servant of all. The greatest one is not the one sitting at the table. The greatest one is the one that's serving at the table. I want to thank God 
Amen. For those of you that are watching, let's pray real quickly in our last four minutes. Let's pray. Father, we pray right now, God, in the name of Jesus. For those that are watching, every leader, we pray, God, that your word would challenge. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that we as a body and as individuals, that we would repent of our sins. We ask you to forgive us, God, of everything that's not like you. Forgive us for what we have made this thing called ministry that looks nothing like what you left here in the earth. And I ask you, Lord, that you would help us to pivot, help us to turn. Help us, God, that we would be what you have called us to be in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, wash us, oh God, restore us, and do it for your glory, only that you alone be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that's watching, we want to thank God for you. Amen. And if you're watching and you're not saved, you might be watching on our Roku channel. You might be watching on Facebook. You might be listening on our podcast. If you are not born again, I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. The Bible says that he that come up to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And not just that. He also says in the scripture that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. So all you have to do, you don't have to say a prayer that I pray. You can just ask God to forgive you of your sins and to, amen, and confess that you believe that he is the son of God and follow him. And guess what? That is a prayer of salvation. If you follow it, it's the prayer of salvation. Those of you who don't have not downloaded our Roku channel, take a minute, download our Roku channel, go to Roku, look up the Oasis uh, Television Network. You can go to our website, Open Media, O-A-P-N, media m-e-d-i-a dot o-r-g and you can watch our channels we have a 24 7 prayer channel that's free that streams 24 hours a day seven days a week and we also amen have a, a channel for messages if you want to hear the gospel it is there if you want to be able to preach the gospel amen with your ministry on the channel please by all means contact us we will meet you again next tuesday same time 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We thank God for all of you. We pray that you were blessed. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. That is always, always, always my prayer for you. God bless you. Okay, so our live video does not want to end. <laughs> Praise the Lord. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. 
Calculate how much you can save at penfed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer.